Welcome in to The Wrap. Tom Azaway, Clarence Black, NRM Streamcast. We're live in the Warren RV Storage Studios. You can give them a holler at 586-977-2770. They are on 6900 East 14 Mile Road in Warren, right off of Van Dyke. 24-hour security camera surveillance, LED-lit parking area, fenced and gated property with a signed keypad gate uh, codes and the gates are operational 24-7. Don't forget Roger Z and the good people at Warren RV Storage. We thank them. And uh, I welcome you in. How was your Thanksgiving, my Everything friend? Everything was great, man. No complaints. A little you know, different this the, year, right? Uh, you know, it was quiet. Yeah. A little quieter, um, a little easier, honestly, as a host. You know, we typically host Thanksgiving and Christmas and just about every damn thing in my house anyway. So, yeah, it's a little quieter this year. Hey, same here, man. I missed my family in New Jersey. Uh, we hope to maybe catch up with them yeah. for uh, New Year's. We'll see how it goes. Uh, they keep shutting things down. Now in Jersey, they just shut down outdoor uh, uh, sports. So no hockey, no football going on in the outdoors right now, at least in Hudson County, New Jersey, which is, you know, one of the bigger counties. Bergen County, I think, is following suit as well here in Detroit. Uh, we know what the scoop is. The playoffs are put off right now because yeah. they would have been, they would have had them already. You know, yeah. the day after the Lions game at Ford Field, they would have had the whole weekend yeah. for the kids to to play uh, football, and uh, so they're missing out on that. I hope they can get this done. We're expecting our good friend Larry Lee, who's part of the show now. He might as well be he might as well be one of the host series. Matter of fact, he is on right now. Go. Larry Lee, former Lion executive, you played for him, drafted in '81 out of UCLA. He did everything for these guys, became an executive vice president, and now he's one of the leaders for the Fritz Pollard Alliance that champions diversity, of course, in hiring. And, of course, he's got the back-in-the-day band as well. He joins Maz and Clarence. (laughs) It's Larry Lee on the horn. What's up, Larry? Gentlemen, I'm good. How are you? We're good, man. We hope that you you, uh, continue to take our phone calls, continue to be on the show once the Lions hire you in there, because I know <laughs> you are going to be hired in somehow, some way. Hey, I didn't pay him to well, say it, man. I'm telling you. I, I, I appreciate the love, and you know what? There's no way I cannot continue to take your calls, because, you know, CB, man, CB, he's got something over me, man. I don't know what it is, but he's got something over me, man. He's got that survivor. He's a survivor. Hey, That's why. <laughs> That's hey, right. <laughs> hey, big man, what a what a difference a week makes. You know, a week ago we were talking about going into Thanksgiving, and we had Chris Spielman on the show, and and he he kind of he was uh, I mentioned to him how he was very critical of the lack of intensity and effort. You know, kind of going into you know uh, the or or during the the Carolina game. So I, I want to ask you before we get too deep into it. Do you think it was just these two games and the way that they lost, in particular the Carolina game getting shut out that really kind of did them in? Yes, um, I'm getting a, I'm getting a little echo, guys, but uh, you yes, you um, sound all right, Larry. Okay, well, you want to call back? Yeah. Why don't you hang up and, and dial back? Yeah, Maybe let, that'll let's work. Let's try it again because okay. it's kind of it's kind of difficult. To, okay, I'll call right back. Let's do that. Or, or call me right back. All right, we'll do that. All right. All right, Larry Lee, right back with that question. Make sure you hold on to that. Chris Spian, I'm mad at myself for not, and I always do this. I always ask Chris, when is it your turn to coach? When is it your turn to be a coach, a position coach, a head coach, a guy in in the office? And I I forgot to ask him last week. Uh, He threw me off once I said, uh, 
you know, should uh, Matt Stafford go somewhere else to play? Matthew Stafford should go somewhere else but to do play. You honestly, think I mean by by now, having yeah. been that far removed, it seems like. You know, you look around the league, the linebackers, because who is it, man? Uh, Ken Norton Jr. Yeah, he's still Pepper, in it. You know, Pepper Johnson. Yeah, he's still doing Vrabel, it. Yep. You know, it, it So you think if me, you don't stay in it? I think it's one of those where if that's something you're going to do and you have that fire for it, I think you do it right. He, man, he's – I mean, Spielman's not, not an old it's guy. It's blood, man. But he's been he's been in the booth. It's an easy – you know, you, you know. think about what he – the things that he likes to do. Yeah, you got to be knee deep in it. Man. I know, and I don't know that he, Vrabel stayed. I mean, he literally stopped and went right into right. Like, what did he win a Super Bowl and then started coaching? Basically, yeah. I mean, but he had know, Bill Belichick as his boss. You know, he had Bill Belichick to yeah. teach him the ropes. So you know, who's teaching Chris the ropes? I, he has I Rick Spielman, who runs the Vikings yeah. all these years and has done a fantastic job. Right. No, they haven't won a Super Bowl, but Rick Spielman is very well respected. I think if Chris Spielman wanted to coach, he'd be coaching. Yeah, you're probably I right. Because I think if that's, I mean, I could see him, you know, coaching like high school or something like he's that. He's told man. me in the past it's too much time. It you is. know, he's, it's, he's it got is, too man. much to do. He's got his uh, former, uh, obviously his, his the love of his life, Stephanie Spielman. He's remarried since, but she's passed away. He runs the the. Stephanie Spielman yeah. Cancer Society. So, you know, he's got a lot of lot of stuff uh, on his plate. You don't do that job without wanting to get to the eventuality of being a head coach. I don't think there's anybody that starts coaching and doesn't eventually think, you know, coordinator to head coach. And I don't think he wants to be a head I don't think he wants those headaches, man. Well, I'm, in, I'm in, interested in asking him when we get him back on the phone. Oh, he is back? All right, Larry. Let's uh let's bring you back. Is that sound a little bit better for you? Yes, absolutely. All right. Hopefully we can hear you now cuz I don't think I don't think we can hear you. Give me a give me a hello. Test 1 2 3. Uh, hello guys. What's okay. going on? All right, All right he's right, back. All right, Clarence, re- rephrase I, your question, Clarence. No. I still kind of have it, but I still kind of have the echo, but I I I will try to fight through it. All right. We, we got to get you on the video next time. The heck with these phones. Uh, um yeah, so we were, we were talking about the last two games uh Houston and Carolina, man. Was that just the the death nail? You know, I I think that um yes, but there you know one of the comments Sheila made kind of, you know, bothered me. I I guess you have to have eternal hope, but prior to um those, these last two games, she was saying that uh, she hoped we had we had uh, uh, playoff aspirations, and I guess you have to think that way. But realistically, uh, the team was not headed or looking as if it was a playoff type team, and long before these last two games. So, with all due respect to her comments, um, you know, yeah, yeah, it, it was a little bit deeper, and uh, these last two games were just the two nails in the, in the coffin. It doesn't seem like they these guys, when they took the job, obviously Bob Quinn was here a year before Patricia, and he had Jim Caldwell, who was very well respected. But you know, let's face it, Jim Caldwell is getting more love now than he ever got right. when he was here I mean, as the head coach. Man, Look, the statue. We, That's why I was like, yeah, where's the damn statue at Ford Field, man? We all love Jim Caldwell. We know what kind of man he is, and his players know what kind of man he is. I used to yell at him on the radio, and I'd say, where's your fire? Where's your fire, Coach? Why don't you go out there on the field um, during that Dallas Cowboy playoff game that they stole from the Lions when uh, Des Bryant's running on the field, you know, uh, complaining about a, a call against the, the Cowboys? It was horrible. They took away that pass interference call. Correct, uh, yeah. It was. I mean, it was one of the worst 
st- stolen victories I've ever watched in any sport. And then I got mad at Caldwell for not going out and getting in their face. He said, right. that's not my style. But don't you think if you did get in, in these rest face once in a while, maybe you'll get the benefit of the doubt once in a while? Absolutely. And, I, you know, that that is not his style because he comes from the Tony Dungy. Yes, you know, he's a gentleman. Tree. The gentleman in there, and I agree. I agree with that theory to a point, but I agree uh, more so with what you're saying that you have to have uh, that fire and passion. And I've even let's 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 trickle it down a little bit. I've noticed. I watch when I watch a Lions game. I don't just watch the X's and O's and the player. Mm-hmm. You know the the game. I watch the behind the scenes yep. things that I think I can see. The sidelines, uh, you know, uh, uh, those uh, emotions and those kind of things to see what happens. But I, I agree. Uh, we, we, we have been, uh, as a former player and a former executive, I'm tired. I'm tired of being the laughing stock of the league. Oh. I'm tired of being the butt of all the jokes. You know, I'm tired. I'm tired of that. And, and I, I wore the uniform. I bled blood out there. And you know it's, it's passionate to me. It, it means it means a lot to me. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna accept mediocrity or anymore or anything on those lines. Uh, you know, just if I get a chance to get back out there, hallelujah. <laughs> and that's one of the things I would try to 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 emphasize. And you're right, man. There needs to be a there needs to be a passion, a fire. And I think if I heard correctly, that's what Chris was talking about. When he was on your yep. show previously, he was. There's no, there's no, there's no vision. There's when you look, when you talk about the Detroit Lions, I don't even know if half the people know they play in the NFL. I mean, they're not even a laughing stock, Larry. They don't talk about them. No. When the Lions, it's no. a joke. We're here in Detroit, we notice during the NFL draft, the minute the Lions pick a guy, they go to a commercial break every <laughs> single yeah. time. It don't, well, that's that's all, that's all a part of what I'm talking about. You know, we we don't get our respect. No, I, I, I'm tired of being the butt of all the jokes. I'm tired of getting, you know, the the, the mindset, man. It, 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 we have to change that. We and how do you change that? You win. You win. That's how you change. You become a winner. You know, winning solves a multitude of sins. They won in the 90s, Larry. They made the playoffs five, six times in the 90s, one of the top teams of the 90s. But, of course, they didn't get to the big dance. Only three other teams, all expansion teams, have not been to the Super Bowl. And then there's the Detroit Lions, who have been around forever and have last champion in 1957, last playoff win in 1991-92. I mean, it's you can't – people, when they want to compare – their pain to Lions fans' pain. There is no comparison, none. I, I, I agree, and, and well, uh, those times that you're talking about, we never would have thought those would have been considered the good old the days. The salad but, days, yeah, but yeah, but they they were the good old days, and yeah. that's when that's when we were out there. Uh, you know, Ron Hughes, Chuck Schmidt, uh, myself, Kevin Colbert, and one of the things that. One of the reasons why we were that team in the 90s is because of talent. I've been having this discussion with a few guys, and you know what? When you think about it, we had nine, mm. ten pro bowlers 
on those teams Easy. in the 90s. Easy. Herman Moore, uh, Lomas Brown, uh, Kevin Glover, Barry Sanders, David Sloan made the Pro Spielman. Bowl. Uh, Spielman, Benny Blade, uh, uh, Robert Porsche, Stephen Boyd made the Pro Bowl. Johnny Morton, I think, made it once. Didn't Spielman say this exact thing? Yeah. Wasn't that his point, yeah. too? Like his, his, his they were, you guys were stacked. The yeah. Lions were stacked. That Silverdome was the home field advantage. I mean, we, I, I'm, we were, I've been around, man. I'm 58 years old. I know you got a couple years on me. I grew up in New yeah. Jersey. I'm a giant Jet guy. I, I, know, yeah. I know what it's like to have a home field advantage. That Silverdome, to me, even better than Lambeau Field. We we were we were a quarterback away. No no offense to Scott Mitchell and all those guys, but we just we were just a quarterback away. So I, I have this attitude, uh, guys. When you when you have talented people, talented people are sometimes off center. Talented people are sometimes colorful. And what you have to do is have an organization and a and a structure in place that can handle those personalities and those things back in the day in the di- in the 90s one of the things that was was uh great was and let's just be let's just be honest and straight here the team is 75 percent black right so there was a structure in place back in the day where they had guys upstairs that they could come and talk to and relate to and get an answer from you had charlie sanders uh, during the uh, during the uh, uh, Bobby Ross years, you had offensive coordinator that was Sylvester Croom. Yep. You had Sheldon White. You had myself, and I uh, I brought in a guy uh, named Alan Hughes, Jocko Hughes, who oh, was yeah. the head of security. He handed out now, the, the checks. Of, he handed the out the checks. Security, yeah, the head <laughs> of security is a common common uh, diverse position, but Jocko was more than that. Jocko was like a father-grandfather figure to those guys. All that to say that there was a mechanism and a system in which we had in place that they felt comfortable to come talk to guys, come be with guys, and get straight answers. Sheldon, myself, uh, Sylvester, and Charlie are all were all former players. Yes. So they had that to talk to, you know, to go with. And that culture is, is needed and missing out there. And so now guys guys that are colorful or, or a little off-center because they're so talented, they, uh, they don't have anyone that they can chat with or anyone that can manage them or, or be a part of that, their lives, and they get rid of strong personalities. They get rid of Darius Slays and Grover Quinns and Golden oh. Tate that, that can make a difference in a game. You're not kidding. Larry Lee joins us, former Lion VP. Of course, he played for them as well. Go ahead, CV. Big man, if we, I guess, as as you look at this team, and as as you look at this team as as presently constituted, what do you see as a benefit of of this news? What what can something like this do for a group? As again, this group of Lions, as as you look at the roster. Do you think this is a team that can rally and, and make some noise, or do you think this is a team that, you know, just they, they, they're solid, but the pieces aren't there to make any kind of noise moving forward? Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that there are a team, they are a team that can make noise. Oh, um, they, they, 
they have some solid players in place at some positions. But, you know, the, the, the more talent you have amassed uh, during uh, on a team is that's it, man. You got you got to have talent, and the more talent you have, and the more difference makers you have in the building, that's what wins. That's what helps to win. Then you know it's got to all come together. But you know, talent wise, you you got to amass difference makers all over the place, and not just one or two spots or here or there or sprinkled somewhere here or there. There needs, I, you know, I'm, and I'm speaking off of uh, experience. You need to have that kind of team we were talking about in the 90s. You know, you need, you need talent and you need different difference makers all over the place. And uh, uh, so to answer your question, um, you know, I just don't think there's enough talent to make noise. Hey, I want to – piggyback off of that speaking of talent obviously you've already said how many guys they've shipped out of here and i could add kyle van noy to that they gave him away to the patriots he becomes an all pro for them he winds up getting a new contract with the dolphins of course there's slay Diggs, quinn i like to hear whitehead myself but nonetheless today this draft was their chance they're picking number three they already know chase young is going to go to the redskins to washington so they lost out on him and the first pick is sitting there. Joe Burrow is going to go to the Bengals. That leaves you Tua. That leaves you uh, Justin Herbert, a couple of other quarterbacks, whatever. They pass, and they take the kid Okuda from Ohio State as a cornerback. They dump Slay, and they replace Slay with this rookie cornerback from Ohio State to basically think that they're going to save their job. So Sheila Ford made a huge error by bringing them back because you can't draft open-mindedly when you're trying to save your job. They should have had a backup. They should have had their their future quarterback behind Matthew Stafford, who was untradeable this year because of the cap hit. He could have learned under Stafford. They could have played him. You know, when the guy gets hurt and he's he, back and forth, at least break him in now when you're having a losing season next year, you let Matthew Stafford go. Maybe you get a first-round pick for him. Maybe. Now That's, you're going to hardly get anything for him, and you have no backup quarterback. I, I, one, of the, one of the biggest, and you know, and I, I'm not going to second-guess you know, Sheila on that thought. You don't know all that went into the thought process or anything. But I'll do I it will say, I will say that one of the things, one of the biggest mistakes I think has been made under the Bob Quinn uh, era was not getting a backup or legitimate competition or, or competitive guy to uh, Matt Stafford. You know, competition is a part of the game, and they've lived and died with Matt Stafford. And now, because of later in his years, you know, he's getting that, that, nick, that nagging injury or nick yeah. or something, and now you, you are tied to him and you're solely dependent upon his, uh, his uh, uh, goodness or not. And they never brought in a, a true backup quarterback or backup competitor to try to compete with him for the job. And uh, that's one of the biggest mistakes I think was made out there. Big man, let me ask you, I get kind of tired of hearing people say, and I get it, man, coaches have their own particular DNA If Sean McVay, I know Sean McVay is going to be offense. I know Andy Reid is offense. But then I look around at some of the the rest of the league, and it's like I 
I like teams where I don't know what they do. I mean, I look at Mike Tomlin. I don't know if Mike Tomlin's an offensive or defensive guy. All I know is they play hard. They got a hell of a quarterback, a Hall of Famer. I mean, did we get sold a bill of goods, this whole idea that Patricia is somehow this defensive mind and the defense was going to – because I never saw them draft like that. And, and more importantly, I didn't see the free agent moves to back that up. So uh, yeah. is there a danger to just having this – you know, people coming in here and saying, I mean, what does the next candidate need to say? And should we be leery of anybody going, I'm a defensive guy, and we're going to be defensive? There, there, there's a lot of merit to what you are, you are saying, CB. Uh, and you brought up, you struck a nerve with me with Mike Tomlin. i tell you why. Mike Tomlin, uh, I happen to be a, a great friend of his, and but you know Kevin Colbert, the Steelers general manager, is probably my best friend. Well, we let we him talk, go. <laughs> we talk regularly. We work there together. Mike Tomlin is today's NFL coach. I tell you why, man. He's today's NFL coach because when he speaks, he sounds like a CEO. You know, he sounds like a CEO on the left side. Now let's take this right side, <laughs> and the right side that I'm talking about is an urban side. I'll call it urban. He he has not forgotten his urban side, which allows him, and I've been there. I've been over there. I, I, I'm there regularly, and I, I see the urban side that he needs to relate to his players and stay relevant with his players and chat with his players and understand their talk and understand their walk and, and using today's terminology, keeping it 100, mm. you know, and uh, – Walk it like he talks it, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's a necessary component that you, the public doesn't necessarily need to see or, or have, but you, you have to have that component. And um, so all that to say, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin, you, you mentioned and, and being that, that you got to be able to cover all the bases. you got to swing left and right just like a Mike Tomlin. So when I Terry agree. Bradshaw, big man, calls him just a, a basically a, an overpaid cheerleader, you know that 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 probably struck you the wrong way, huh? It it did because because you know, no offense to Terry Bradshaw, but that was that was old school football. This game has changed, and you got to be able to change with it. And today, these players are social media conscious. Today. They are uh, about their brand conscious. Uh, You've got to be in tune with with today, especially if you're going to try to lead a group of those kind of guys. And so, you know, that's why a a Mike Singletary, as awesome as he was, who was my classmate in the draft, et cetera, that's why he couldn't make it because he was too old school. Can't (laughs) win with him. Can't do it. I love him. I loved him. It's a different day, Mike. It's a different day, Mike. That stuff don't work no more. It doesn't work anymore. So you got to be able to, to to change and keep up with the times, man. You got to uh, once again, you got to keep it one hundred and know what keep it one hundred means, man. You know, you got you got to be in touch. Hey, we we got a lot more to talk to you about. I'm I'm hoping you can stay with us for the uh, for our next segment. Is that going to be cool? Absolutely. All right. We're, we're going to take a quick break from uh, Larry Lee here. Larry, hang on. The Matter of fact, hang up, Larry. We're going to have you call us next time, and maybe it'll be a better line. So hang up. We're yeah. going to call you in a couple minutes, and we'll reconvene for part two, because I want to ask you who the next 
Mike Tomlin is because I want him on my team. You, I mean, you know that's my guy. I yeah. love yeah. Mike Tomlin. I love him. Yep. Me too. Me too. And uh, I want to talk to you about Kevin Colbert. How do the Lions let that guy walk out the door? How do they let Jeff Hardings walk out the door? I mean, how do they let Lomas Brown walk out the door? I got plenty to talk to you about, okay? Okay, you got it. You got <laughs> All right. Larry Lee, the big man, as CB calls him. He is the big man. I remember him in, in the locker room. I remember Jocko every Friday coming in that locker room, handing those checks out. Those players were giddy on Friday at the Silver Dome, <laughs> man. I'll never forget that place. And I was lucky enough to be able to visit it. Uh, my good friend, Richard Damo, who unfortunately knocked the Silver Dome down. He's a demolition man, yeah. a Damo demolition. I got to visit it. I swear, man, I went in that locker room, and it was like most of it's crushed down. But I remember some great freaking teams in that locker room. I remember where each player, where that locker was, man. I got plenty more to talk about with the Lions. You get me talking on the Lions. I can go Bro, forever. you are legit. I am. You I just legit. love this freaking team, and I despise them <laughs> the same way. Thanks to Kelsey. Thanks to David B., Stevie Mack, helping us put the show together. Larry Lee, the big man, coming back with us. Clarence Black, Tom Hazaway, on the wrap. And, of course, courtesy of Warren RV Storage. Keep it right here.